0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Third Extra Lives, the podcast. I am your host, Tom Lynch, and we are on episode number 15. Yeah, 15. 15? Yeah, 15. Episode 15. How many times can I say the number 15? Um, so I'm just going to say this up front. Uh, I, I'm likely to get a bit political in this episode and kind of talk about what's going on, uh, you know, in uh America today. So, if you need to tune out for this episode, you know you you've heard enough of it. You know, just general interest of self care. You can't hear about it anymore. Uh, I totally understand. uh We'll be back next week. Ninja turtles the next mutation will continue to be a show that we will continue to watch, uh, and we'll be back to fun times. Um, but I feel like I have some things I want to talk about, and I'm going to try and and wrap it in kind of a a more of a pop culture, um, I guess thesis or, or or whatever, but it's, uh, it's a topic I've been thinking about a lot, uh, and not just in the last, you know, let's say eight months. Um, but even before that, um, and, and it's something I've, I've kind of wanted to, to to talk out. Uh, I, I still don't even really know my a hundred percent, my feelings on, on this. Um, and that's part of the reason why I'm doing this episode is to kind of, I don't know, maybe I can come to a conclusion myself. Um, so anyway, basically uh, where my uh, dissonance is in my brain is uh, how to separate the art from the artist. Uh, and it's it's not a new conundrum. Uh, it's not a new problem. Uh, it's not even a new question. It's, it's you know, can you knowing what you know about an artist and their personal life and how they handle things can you still enjoy the art they create um you know learning that let's say meeting an actor that you you know love uh and he turns he or she turns out to be a total dick um can you go back and watch a movie with them in it uh you know it's it's and should you be able to, you know, should you set aside who the artist is, uh, who the creator is and still enjoy the piece of art that they created? Uh, and the answer is, I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Um, that's kind of what I'm stuck on. So I, I kind of have a punch list of, of creators that I have issues with enjoying their work right now. and, And I don't, I don't want to use this as a platform for me to stand up and say these people are doing it wrong, but uh, I just, I have, I have examples <laughs> and, uh, and I feel like to help me kind of figure it out and maybe help elucidate w- what I'm trying to say to you, uh, I'm going to run down a couple of them. Um, but I do want to first pull up this, uh, th- this quote, uh, from, uh, John Darnielle, I think you pronounce his name. Uh it's a you know it's a it's a quick Tumblr post um from some time ago. I'm I'm gonna get the actual date here. Um Tumblr's the worst. There's no there's no date. I don't know when this thing was. Anyway, it's 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 John is the site. And uh, and basically what it what it boils down to is someone asks I'm just going to read this. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase a bit, but, um, you know, someone asked, what's wrong with being able to separate an Arthur from their work? Why is that so hard? Uh, and then they cite specifically Ender's Game. Um, you know, aside, they say, from one or two lines, uh, it holds next to none of Orson Scott Card's horrible views. So uh, the, the, the question asker's conclusion is you shouldn't borrow good literature just because the author is a terri- terrible person. Uh, And Gail Simone actually had a great response to this when it was posed to her. And uh, this I'm going to read verbatim. Uh, Do what you want. I will choose to do the same. Orson Scott Card is not just a raging homophobe. He actively worked to enact legislation to oppress rights for LGBTQ people. He said he would try to bring down the government if they disagreed. Seriously, screw that guy. There are a thousand books I haven't read that don't have that guy attached. Um... And then John goes on to expand upon that and basically saying, you know, uh, basically he agrees and and to an extent I agree with with what Gail Simone said. Um, You know, why why should we separate art from the artists? Uh, You know, think about, and this is still on John's point, uh, not mine, but if we live a thousand years, we still won't consume all of the media and great art and great writings that are out there. You know, all of us will pass on before we've been able to read everything. We want to read everything that's considered good. So why tie ourselves down to art that's created by people that we don't agree with, people that that we find to be kind of morally reprehensible? Um, And that's kind of where I'm at too. Uh, And I really, I didn't expect this episode to be as topical as it turned out being. Um, I'm not. I don't particularly enjoy doing topical episodes. Uh, I I like doing kind of more general, more broad things. But um, but uh, if you don't know, uh, Joss Whedon's ex-wife just came out um, two days ago, as of this recording. So I guess Sunday, um, on uh, August twentieth, nineteenth. I'm not certain of the date. But basically purported that, uh, not purported, she says as much, um, maybe purported is the right word, but that Joss had had several um, affairs uh, through their marriage. Um, I guess they separated years ago at this point. It's been kind of kept secret. Um, But, you know, Joss Whedon, uh, if you're familiar with his work, has been held up as a kind of feminist icon. Like, he's one of the good ones, you know. You know, he gave us Buffy, you know, a, a strong, powerful woman. Uh, he gave us, uh, you know, Serenity and Firefly. And all the women are great characters there. He gave us Dollhouse, which is kind of a bummer, but still, you know, strong lead female character. Um, and... Uh, and it turns out, you know, maybe he wasn't quite the feminist that we all attributed him to be. Uh, you know, he, he a lot of what he said or at least what is claimed to have been said in his uh, like apology letter to his ex-wife is saying like, hey, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was in a position of power. There's all these young hot women wanting to like advance their careers. And who was I to say no and blah, blah, blah. Um, you shouldn't cheat on your wife. Uh, you shouldn't get married if you can't handle that type of relationship, and and, <laughs> and honestly, if it happens more than once, you can't handle that type of relationship. You know. Um, so how? Uh, and I know I'm not I'm not the only one, but I've always championed Joss Whedon's writing as being feminist, and it's not that his writing can't still be feminist, but. Having him in a personal way not extol the virtues that he claims to makes it hard to now point at him and go, Look, this dude is feminist. He writes good women characters. Um, I still like Buffy. I still want to finish watching that show. Um, I love Firefly. But I. It's going to be a, like, I, I don't think I'm like that's (laughs) and see here's here's i don't have an answer for this i i obviously you obviously can't ignore that stuff um i mean Joss you know made a very brief statement saying basically he's not going to comment on it um and saying there are some inaccuracies but he didn't flat out deny the story uh which you know i'm kind of willing to take that as a, a, a an admission basically um so how how do I now watch? How do I watch? How do I go back and watch Buffy and try and divorce that from him? And I don't know if I can. Um, it makes things problematic, uh, and I don't think I don't think anyone should feel bad for enjoying things that are made by uh, I hesitate to use the term, but bad people. Um, you know, if if you can if you can separate the art from the artist and you can do that. You can enjoy those things, enjoy those things. Uh, but understand that supporting those things is perhaps supporting something you don't agree with. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I have, I have some things that I need to figure out in terms of where I land on, on that fandom scale. Like, can I buy the Buffy DVD set anymore? And I, you know, regardless i wasn't going to buy that dvd set anyway i'm trying to get rid of physical media for the most part but but would i ha- like if it was on sale for 10 bucks tomorrow could i buy it i don't i don't know i already have firefly and serenity and i i don't know um it's it's frustrating uh to have to have uh, someone that you know you like i've i've talk to friends you know my girlfriend all the time about hey Buffy's really good you should watch Buffy it's feminist blah 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 and then now this happens in like how like well it's still a feminist show I think but at the time he was probably having sex with some of the people on set that weren't his wife so I don't know um I don't know that's actually that's a specifically a tough one for me because I've liked his stuff for so long um I don't know. Um so yeah, we'll uh huh. um I do have a I have a couple other examples, but that's um that's a shame. It's it's really a shame. Like people, you know, a lot of people can't do the monogamy thing and if they can't, they should be upfront with that. And and don't don't marry someone and then string them along for years and have affairs. Like just like if it's not working, it's not working. Be honest with yourself and be honest with your partner don't do that. That's just, it's really, it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating to hear about that. Um, So moving on, um, this feels really weird to just have this list of people in front of me. But uh, since we talked about him before, we're going to talk about Orson Scott card. Um, If you have not read up on his, um, I'll call them political views, but they're more just shitty views, uh, on, uh, homosexuality. Um, he is very much a raging homophobe in the words of, um, oh my God, Gail Simone. I was gonna say Amanda Connor, but, um, I don't know what Amanda Connor thinks about all this. I've only read the Gail Simone bit, but I always read their stuff together and get them confused on occasion. So that's on me. Um, anyway, uh, Scott Card has very publicly given a ton of money to uh, anti-gay legislation and um, lobbying uh, to try and stop gays from getting married. He doesn't want the word marriage to apply to a homosexual couple. And uh, it's just the dude sounds kind of disgusting. Um, I have never read an Orson Scott Card book. Um, I, you know, as much as I like sci-fi and stuff, like back in high school, grade school, I didn't know that those things existed. I only knew, you know, Spider-Man. So I read Spider-Man books. Um, so around the time that I learned of Orson Scott Card was from the uh, the video game. Oh, what was it called? Chair made it. It's for Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty. It's out for free now. I think on the Epic Launcher. Oh, damn it it's a very good game it's a very and and see here's the problem it's a great game made by a great developer but i only learned after buying that game shadow complex is the name of the game uh i just had to look that up that was gonna bother me um so i bought that game i liked the game and so i thought the story was cool based on this orson scott card guy i look him up and i see that a bunch of the money he makes goes towards anti-gay things uh and I can't support that. So, you know, when Ender's Game movie came around, I'd never read Ender's Game, so it was easy for me to pass on. It's kind of easy for me to pass on all of his things going forward. Um, I can't like I can't support a man that does that. Whether or not his his books use those views, um, if even if it doesn't at all, I can't I can't in good conscience go and pay for one of his books or even read it like even getting out of the library. I feel like is giving him patronage and then giving him some sort of validation of, of what he's doing. And, uh, I, I can't, I can't do that. Um, and in that, in that specific case, I really cannot separate art from the artist, uh, because I never knew the art beforehand. Um, I have nothing to really separate. Um, and yeah, so, uh, I guess I'm just going to get into this. Um Peter David and Nick Spencer, uh two um comic writers. Uh Nick Spencer is relatively new to the scene. Uh I've read uh he I believe he did the the what the the foes friendly foes of Spider-Man or f- Spider-Man's friendly foes something like that. I I forget the title of of the book. Um but I liked it a lot. Uh, And and now he wrote the uh, Secret Empire story, which I read the free issue of uh, from Free Comic Book Day. You know, I put that on my list long before I realized what it was about. Uh, And it turns out, you know, it's Captain America Goes to Hydra, which is a very Nazi-connected group. Uh, So in a world today where it turns out we have Nazis marching in our streets uh, shouting white supremacy uh, terms, uh, and, and, and scaring, um, just scaring people, scaring me. Um, you can't, you can't write that story. Um, you can't write a story about Captain America being a Nazi because that's what those people will like, you know, there are people marching in, in those Nazi marches with Captain America shields now. Um, and they feel validated, uh, and and it's it's giving them life. You know, let's not even get into the part where they're validated by our goddamn president. But we can't. It's giving. It's not. It's not about. <clears throat> it's giving them validation in different media's, um, and and to and then this is something I had talked about before, but to put out issue number one where Cap you know essentially becomes a nazi i don't not gonna mince words on this like hydra is nazi like they both come from there's hydra was made to be an analog to nazism so they can continue that storyline like let's not pretend like oh hydra something different it's not uh it was always made to be that um and so to make this story where Captain America becomes a Nazi and you want to tell me, well, read the whole story and see how it actually turns out. Like, no, I'm not going to stick around for eight issues and watch uh, this this character that's supposed to stand for, for freedom and, and and fought Nazis. Like, his origins is in World War II. Like, he punched Hitler in the goddamn face, and you're going to do that to that character. I'm not going to stick around for that. I'm just not. Um and so where does Peter David fit into this? Uh, he kind of came out in defense of... Uh, let me let me pull up. I have some notes here. Um, basically, he didn't even come out in defense of Nazis. I'm not going to go that far. But he said they should be allowed to hold their positions and they should be able to, you know, basically announce to the world that they're bigots. Um, his argument being that, oh, well, if they don't, if they're not doing it out in the open then they'll go back to doing it in the shadows and you know what racists should not feel comfortable doing that shit in the open um and nick spencer has said uh things along the same idea is you know hey you know free speech everyone should be able to have their views and talk about it uh the the problem with with that is that you are letting intolerant and, and people whose speech revolves around genocide. It revolves around saving, you know, the chosen people. Like, only white people who are born in America should be able to be in America. And if you're not here to agree with that, then you're against us. Um, and you're a white genocidist, and, uh, and we're taking away white, I don't know privilege I guess Um, white equality uh, people like to throw that term around um, though uh, white people generally don't like to complain about equality until it's actually equality and white people aren't the number one on the list Um, so I want to so there's a uh, oh man the Paradox of Tolerance um Karl Popper a philosopher uh, in 1945 um had this this theory um basically saying that uh unlimited tolerance would lead to the disappearance of tolerance um basically like if we allow intolerant people if we are tolerant to intolerant people they will eventually overtake the tolerant society And then we're just going to be as bad. And, And in my mind, that's what's happening. The idea that if you're going to the Nazis and tell them you can't go out and march, suddenly you're a fascist, fuck you. Whoever is behind that argument of freedom of speech, fucking go to hell. That's it's an it's a ridiculous stance to take to say it's totally okay for Nazis to come marching down our streets, shout racial epithets shout awful things to people talk about white power yell about how different people of different religions different races don't belong here it's disgusting and it's so anti-american i cannot believe we're having this fucking argument nazis do not deserve to be heard they're they're not political views they are racist and intolerant views and they're disgusting and i cannot believe that we live in a country where it's going well let's hear them out like no we've already heard them out this shit happened already fuck them it's it's a frustrating moment um to be dealing with this because freedom of speech and my interpretation of freedom of speech has always been Sure, you can say what you want up until it begins to infringe on other people's rights. You have a right to freedom of speech. You don't have a right to crush other people's freedoms. Um, and I feel like that, you know, the hate and the white supremacy and, and and all of that is is pointing towards that. They want to take other people's freedoms away because they have decided they are the ones that get to be the gatekeepers. And I cannot believe that that's an argument worth having I can't believe we're letting them I just can't believe it it's frustrating and and angering (sighs) so that's kind of where I stand on that Um, honestly anything else I had written down here is so um, drop in the bucket in terms of what's worth getting angry about Um, I do want to talk a little bit about, um, the other side of the coin, uh, in that there are a couple artists that I feel great supporting, um, Scott Snyder, uh, the writer of, uh, All-Star Batman, the writer of Metal right now, um, while not overly outspoken because he gets a lot of shit from followers on Twitter, um, he is clearly a left-leaning person and he seems like one of the good ones, um. You know, he very much wants to have a dialogue. He wants to understand why people think this or that is okay. Um, When Trump was first elected and he was going on, you know, (laughs) all of his uh, vacations every other weekend, he didn't attack Trump in the way probably I and many other people did. He just genuinely asked people on the right, are you cool with this? Like, is this okay with you? Like, do you not see a, a a dissonance between complaining that Obama went on a couple vacations versus now Trump has done it every other weekend? Like, is that not like, how are we okay with one and not the other? Um, And generally most people didn't meet him in the middle with that. They just attacked him and said, Obama did it all the time too. And I don't want to get into that. Um, I don't want to get into that. Trump sucks. just, putting it out there um but scott snyder wouldn't necessarily say that uh i think he's i think he's smart and uh and i he's he's well spoken at least well written uh on twitter when he talks about those topics and and so when i see a book written by him i have no qualms picking it up um and then you know just a couple tv shows you know john oliver uh, obviously very left-leaning um but I think he takes a very fair look at the issues and uh and yeah, you know, he's super anti-Nazi, uh so that's a plus. Um uh, and his show's really funny. Uh and it's really good and I don't have to you know, I don't have to worry about his personal life uh cuz it's not in the spotlight and I don't he doesn't have problematic views for me and and I don't want problematic views for me to mean you're a Republican. That's not what I'm saying. My problematic views come strictly from uh, oppressiveness of a group, period. Like, if you if you think, you know, you want to be racist, like, fuck you. You don't belong here. Uh, you want to be homophobic. You want to not give space for people that are of different sexes, different sexualities, you know, people that you know, don't fit in their bodies and they need to change their sexuality. Like you don't get to judge those people. You haven't been through, you haven't been through those things. I haven't been through those things. I don't know what that's like. It's just, you you can't, you don't get to judge those people. And if you come saying you do, or they're doing this or they're doing that, and that's why they shouldn't be allowed to do this or that, like, fuck off. I don't want to hear what you have to say. Um, it's just uh, the idea of being intolerant to a group of people because you don't understand that they're you don't understand their plight. Um, fuck off. That's all. And, you know, I, and I don't have to. And you know, I don't have to be tolerant to Nazis because that's what they're doing. Fuck them. If if, if you are self identifying as a Nazi and you're wearing a Nazi flag, I don't need to hear nothing that comes out of your mouth. <laughs> just straight up. Um. And uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> one last uh good good one um uh seth myers i think uh is doing an incredible job um if you look up his uh he had a a, a short segment at the end uh, at the end um after what happens and what happened in charlottesville happened and uh he hit the nail on the head um and he's a guy that's been banging that drum since the start uh and and it's frustrating um I think I'm actually going to put that Seth Meyers bit in at the end of this episode um, cuz I I think he did a really good job and um and yeah yeah so you know art versus artists totally stayed on topic um it's a hard it's a hard thing to do um but yeah like as it is I don't know that I can give Nick Spencer the time of day in his comics and I mean whatever I'm getting out of comics in a large way anyway. Um, like Peter David, I haven't liked his writing in a while. Um, so it's not like I'm making huge sacrifices here. And, and I've, I may have, you know, I'm not trying to handpick guys I don't like. Cause I, I do like Nick Spencer. I think he's a good writer and that story's probably good. But in this day and age, you cannot write Captain America being a Nazi. Um, but it's just, I don't know. I don't know, it's a hard it's a hard question. It makes things problematic. And um and you know, if you're out there and you can if you can separate those things and you can enjoy that art on its own, like go nuts. I, I would never begrudge someone for doing that, but I feel like you kind of have to be aware of uh of who they are and where they're coming from. You know, some people like hey, buying a nick spencer book i don't think he's handing that money over to nazis like end of the day me and him have a different view um it's something i feel very strongly about and i'm sure he does too and it's just something like i can't read one of his books without having it in the back of my head it just makes it problematic for me it's my problem um but you know there are people out there like orson scott card who the money you give to him he will turn and give to people trying to block other people's rights um and it's hard it's hard to know what to do in those situations but i guess the best we can do is just be informed and make an informed decision about what what entertainment we want to consume and who we want to consume it by um yeah so i I guess that's it um wow kind of a long long longish episode here um Thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, I really appreciate it if you've made it this far. Um, this is a hard topic to cover, and I, <laughs> I didn't really get anywhere in my my thoughts, but at least I was able to get my thoughts down. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's going to do it um, for me uh, and us here at 30 Extra Lives, the podcast. Uh, I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Um... And we'll be back next week with, uh, episode number six of Ninja Turtles, the next mutation. That's going to be one hell of a pivot off of this episode, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, hopefully, um, I'll see you there. So, uh, thanks again. Um, oh, I guess I'll, uh, make sure you hit the website, 30extralives.com every Monday and Friday for a new comic. Uh, our sister site, thecatwhoalwaysdies.com has a new, new comic every Wednesday follow us on twitter at Lynch 117 we're on instagram at 30 uh, extra lives uh, at both twitter and instagram uh, the comics are posted in full so if you don't want to visit the website they're there you can still read them oh and uh, facebook.com slash 30 extra lives give us a like there that really helps kind of uh, figure out who's who and, and who's listening to what um, and yeah come back here every tuesday uh, for another podcast which we'll be back in a week Um, so for the 400th time, thank you, um, for listening. And, uh, I've been Tom Lynch and you've been awesome.
1: We're so happy to have you here and we want to get started and we want to have a fun show, but we also wanted to take a moment to address what happened this weekend on Saturday, there was yet another terror attack on American soil. This one was allegedly perpetrated ...by a white supremacist named James Field against a group of protesters in Charlottesville, Virginia. He drove his car into a crowd and killed a woman named Heather Heyer. It was a horrifying incident that left most of the country stunned and terrified. But on Saturday, you didn't hear her name or the terrorist's name or even the word terrorist from our president. What you heard instead was this. We're closely following the terrible events unfolding in Charlottesville, Virginia... We condemn in the strongest possible terms this egregious display of hatred, bigotry, and violence on many sides. On many sides. On many sides. If that choice of words made you feel sick to your stomach, the good news is you're a normal and decent person. The jury is still out on the president, as he initially refused to condemn the white supremacist movement in this country. Now, he did read a statement at the White House today that finally struck the right tone, but I'm sorry. Pencils down on this subject was Saturday evening. He only gets very partial credit. Some ignored it or played it down when Donald Trump claimed our first black president was born in this country. It was racist and insane, but he was written off as a clown, a bitter little man who didn't know an American could have a name like Barack Obama. Then he called Mexicans rapists during the speech announcing his candidacy. He called Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas. Then he brought Steve Bannon to the White House with him, worked to take away voting rights from black people, and hammered away at the idea that Chicago was a wasteland because of the violent black people living there. And now white supremacists and American Nazis are visible and energetic and demonstrative in a way we've not seen in our lifetimes. Donald Trump did not immediately denounce the white supremacist movement when given the chance. And now, whether he knows it or not, many of those people see him as leading that movement. The leader of our country is called the president because he's supposed to preside over our society. His job is to lead, to cajole, to scold, to correct our path, to lift up what is good about us, and to absolutely and unequivocally and immediately condemn what is evil in us. And if he does not do that, if he does not preside over our society, then he is not a president. You can stand for a nation, or you can stand for a hateful movement. You can't do both. And if you don't make the right choice, I'm confident that the American voter will. Thank you, guys.